0: You understand the importance of enabling Republican candidates in Pennsylvania. At Get Elected, we focus exclusively on helping Republican candidates run winning campaigns. Visit GetElected.org to learn more. Good afternoon, folks. It's that time of the day again. It's time for the elephant in the room here on WJAS 1320 AM. I'm your host, Sam DeMarco, here with Robin to my Batman John Schneider, the Executive Director of the Republican Committee of Allegheny County, and... Our fabulous producer, dazzling Daryl Grady, the guy that makes the magic happen and uh, gets this all from our voices to your listening ears. Hey, we have a great show today, and I'm excited about this because, as many of you know, I mean, we typically do this on politics, and because that's really, you know, in my role as the chairman of the Republican Committee of Elgady County, you know, it's uh, trying to take and help get folks elected. And I also want to do a little bit of a service here and talk to some folks about things that are near and dear and important to them because the polls are showing us that one of the number one issues that voters are concerned about today is the economy. You know, inflation, gas prices, things of that nature. So in trying to prepare for the show, I thought, wait a minute. I could take and spend days trying to pull from news clippings and things like that and I'm like, well, why, when I'm friends with one of the best finance professionals here in the area? So I'm going to introduce a friend of the show and a good friend of mine, good supporter, a financial professional here, consultant, David Martin. David, you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, I'm, I'm hooked with David Martin, so I always say David E. Martin because it, there's like 12,000 David Martins in Pittsburgh. So I usually start with that, but I have... Um, I have been working in money uh, since 1975, studied at Duquesne, a uh, degree in finance, and started my financial advisory practice 1982 and puts me in this business for 40 years. I am a registered investment advisor. I have a license as a real estate professional and lending just to provide that for people that consult with me. I have a master's of science in financial services, which is sort of a unique degree. Uh, there's only a few handed out annually. And uh, I've had that since the early '90s. I've been at this for a long time. managing a significant amount of money for people who rely on me, and I, I, I take it very seriously. And I appreciate the opportunity. I've been on many shows, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come here and contribute. So. Well, we, hey,
0: listen, we're excited
1: to have you. Thank you.
0: You know, and I, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot of the conversation. But I got to throw in this disclaimer. Yes. Right. Any of the conversation we have today is intended, really, to talk about current issues and things of that nature, and is not intended in any way, shape, or form as investment advice. Correct. Okay? Thank you. So, yep. but, uh, yeah, so, hey, <laughs> let's talk about some things here. Uh, you know, this week, I and mean, we saw a number of things. I mean, gas prices, it seems like, uh, you know, President Biden has drawn down the Strategic Petroleum Reserve almost, I won't say as much as he could have, but it's at the lowest level it's been in over 36 years. A long time. Uh, OPEC met, and, you know, while the Biden administration is begging them not to cut anything, they were concerned that they might cut 500,000 to a million barrels, they ended up cutting two. Two two million. Okay? Absolutely. So gas prices are going up, and on top of this increasing inflation and the Fed raising rates, it looks like the economy is going to be slowing here. Okay. So, you know, what do you see on the horizon?
1: Uh. I have expressed to clients, and I'm, I'll express here, that in the all the time I've i studied from as I said 75 till today, uh, I have never seen a economic position that's like the one we're in right now. I have uh, I have never used the term recession, inflation, and unemployment in the same sentence ever, and we're going to have all of those three combined at once. And it's already underway. It's uh, I I have stated it's a colossal mess, and it's not an easy one to get out of. Following the path that we're currently on.
0: Well, when we we talk about the path that we're on here, I mean we have midterms coming up in less than five weeks. Okay, right. or I should say less than six weeks. Um, and even if there's a change in power, mm-hmm. you know, in, in regards to Republicans potentially taking the House or maybe even the Senate, you know, we don't control. The executive branch, so we can't really make you know decisions Correct. on our own the, the to be able to move our stuff much. to change the course, mm-hmm. right? So you know, uh, well, what what can the average person at home, you know, Well, let me go back. Let's talk about what got us in this position that's, in the first place. That's a
1: that's a, a I think a better question to commence with is the we have printed and spent so much money really started in the in the year two thousand, but really got to very hectic levels recently, and too much money and not enough goods causes inflation. That's the easiest way to say it. And what compounds it in our in the times we're in right now is we were handed money collectively across the United States, and we weren't allowed to go to work. and so factories weren't open. Different places didn't operate business-wise. We were shut in, you know, by you know government, and um, we didn't build anything. We didn't we didn't create jobs. We didn't create products. We didn't build cars. We didn't do any of that. And then all of a sudden, they said, "You can go outside," and everybody, you know, over a span of time, started going out and buying things that weren't there. And we started to realize. We had 1,000 people wanted to buy a refrigerator, and therefore the price of refrigerators went up. Well, then all the parts of refrigerators and all, so everything starts to escalate up. The problem is traditional methods of slowing this down then weren't started on time. Um, the Federal Reserve, in my estimation, started very late at this, and I have been vocal and, and cranky about it. Um, They should have been uh, raising interest rates a long time before they started to actively recognize they're going to have to slam the brakes on. And what most Americans haven't recognized, I've seen in the 70s, is inflation is a very mean economic event. It's nasty. And it starts with the people on, you know, if you put your left hand out and your right hand out, left hand are very poor people, right hand are very wealthy people, and we have those cross currents in the United States. The people on the left-hand side are confronted with, do I buy clothing? Do I heat my house? Do I buy um, you know, healthcare for my children? What, what do I spend my money on? Well, what most Americans haven't recognized, and it was announced yesterday by the Federal Reserve who sort of just let this slip out, is that American wages in, since 2020, since the inception of the pandemic, mm-hmm. have gone down 9%. So we've lost 9% pay and 9% increase in prices. So it's an 18% change for the people on the left and as inflation keeps coming, that storm keeps moving up the economic ladder. Well, you know, that is just in the United States. In France, you know, we have the Ukraine issue, which I we probably can talk about in a little while. Mm-hmm. But the Ukraine thing has changed all the dynamics of energy. And all the dynamics of energy then changes the dynamics of money. And, uh, and most Americans are not aware as well that money is pouring into the United States to buy United States treasuries. And... It's kind of interesting because in Germany it's two percent for a ten-year note, England, two, France, two, the United States, four. Right. And so every all people all around the world are pouring money into American banks because you can only buy treasuries from a foreign country through the United States banks. Okay. So now we have all this money pouring in to get four percent interest rates, and we keep telling them we're going to raise it, which means all the more money comes in, which makes other investments dysfunctional. Okay. So let's go back to the person who's trying to choose clothing or, you know, food or heat. How about medicine or food? Absolutely. Right. So here's where the dilemma comes in for everybody on that spectrum is the company is selling something that they can't buy anymore. So they don't have the ability to buy their product. Widgets, they used to call in, in, mm-hmm. in uh, business school. But anything, you know, we don't buy a Nintendo game. We don't buy this additional thing. Those companies have lower sales. And when they have lower sales, the natural thing is that stock prices reflecting the value of those companies come down. So people are walking up to me as I'm walking in the building here. They're going, what's going to happen to my 401k? It's not what's going to happen. What has happened and what's going to continue to happen? And so the idea is those profits can't increase if we don't have money to spend on it because we're spending more money on these other four basic subjects. And so the stock prices come down, the 401k prices come down. You open up your 401k, what do you say? I can't buy a new car. I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. Well, what's That's the dilemma.
0: Well, what's important here to recognize is the fact that, you know, uh, while we all know that our 401Ks have gone down, because we've seen the retreat in the stock market right. here, losing like $7.3 trillion in value.
1: Well, it's a little you, different, you know, but continue. But, okay.
0: Okay. but what folks have to realize is not only is your the dollar value down, but the purchasing power is... And that dollar has goes a million, back to that decrease of 18% exactly
1: that right. you were
0: talking about earlier. It's exactly right. So it's a double whammy
1: Well, it, let's, that folks the, are getting hit with. In the, it, and it, this is really kind of a weird circumstance because the majority of my clients, all my clients have, that I take care of personally, have either a 3% loss or a gain this year. And the reason is, is because when you see this stuff happening, you have to react to it. So people tell me that they open up their 401Ks. You know, they're afraid to open up. It's your damn money. Open up the 401 case statement. Look right. at it. Yep. Okay. So in the beginning of this year, we went to two of our clients and said, you know, we know both of you are getting married. You may want to think about buying a house now because we see that they're going to have to start cutting interest rates if they want to get inflation under control. And they purchased a home in February, 3.25% mortgage. My mortgages are going to be coming through, and we're very inactive, not active right now because rates have risen so much, uh, at a 63 rate. That means that the house they purchased in March is $625 more per month than it was back then. Yeah. That's sinister.
0: Well, you know, what that's going to happen. Look at all these young people that are out there wanting to start families, looking to buy a first home, right? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and people have been getting, they got fat and happy under President Trump, you know, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act. And some of his other policies in regard to deregulation, the repatriation of profits overseas, bringing back Mm -hmm. money into this country. I mean, it promoted an economic boom. And, you know, we had a very, very good economy. Right. We had a job market in which unemployment for blacks, Hispanics, people with high school education was the lowest, you know, in history. Right. So we had all these things going on. And now we find ourselves here, you know, in a ditch here. Okay. And you know what? And the ditch isn't even on solid footing. It could get worse. Right.
1: Right. And so where do we go? Well, the the circumstances here, things start to slow, but other events show up. So there's sticky and not sticky inflation. Okay. We saw the not sticky inflation when gas prices went up, come back down. And then the president went to Saudi Arabia and said, Hey, can you sell us your oil? And don't and don't look at all the oil we have in the united states just give us yours mm-hmm. and then we get frustrated when he says not when the saudis say no or opec says no because we know what you have over there and so the circumstances of oil combined with the ukraine nightmare um really has caused a lot of problems for us simply because this could be resolved just by pumping oil for a while if the, you know I never understood the machete ending of something, so I call machete endings, meaning all right, we want to make a change as a democratic party to electric vehicles now i 'm a bad spokesman possibly for this because I own a Tesla, but I own a Tesla because it's really kind of a cool car, and i don't have all the things that people say you know range anxiety you know that, that doesn't exist um so I feel like I'm sort of like a minority in the Republican Party because I get my butt beat up about having a Tesla. But the circumstances are we can't change over to electric cars by December 31st of this year. Exactly. But we are looking at this as though, well, sorry, but we're gonna to have to and we're gonna to have to make changes and we're gonna do it in a machete ending, where we're gonna stop pumping oil. As opposed to, and it's interesting because I'm gonna quote a Democratic president who said I want to be on the moon at the end of this decade. Or I want electric cars to be a significant amount of the production capacity of the United States, and we will help you do that. But in the process, we're letting everybody know over the next 20 years, we're going to gradually decline the the, the predominance of oil in our energy. Fossil that, fuels, that right. That sounds a lot better than we're going to shut all this to fracking, Don. And people in western Pennsylvania, if you get anything from this my conversation here today, The damage done to western Pennsylvania, in particular, Beaver County. If you're a Beaver County person and you are going to think of not voting for change, recognize that the cracker plant, for listeners, cracking means you take oil, you break it into components, and a lot of it is used for plastic. One of the worst things you can do in business is ship plastic on barges or trains or trucks because you're basically carrying air. And the idea in Beaver County, when they started, the, I knew about the cracker plant. They put in a little footnote in the Shell annual report, and I thought, they're coming. And what happens with the plastic is there should be businesses building all around there mm-hmm. so that the headphones that we're looking at here, this water bottle, my glasses, should be built right along the river, and businesses all cluster around that cracker plant and they would be hiring Western Pennsylvania kids, Western Pennsylvania robotic specialists, technology specialists, buying property, building houses. The expansion would be scary. And what do we do? We stop it. It's nonsensical to me.
0: Well, that's one of the things. Look, we many of the decision makers here, locally. You know, I'll use uh, County Executive Fitzgerald. Okay. You know, myself. Right. Uh, the CEO of the Airport Authority, Christina casotis You know, uh, Matt Smith the Chamber of Commerce. These folks recognize the airport corridor and the importance mm-hmm. of that, right? So right. to your point about it, they built the cracker plant where they take and create ethylene, the, right. the pallets right. that are made in plastics, right. you know, it, it was basically a feedstock mm-hmm. for other manufacturing. That's one of the reasons why we're excited about that, why we're developing, mm. right. you know, office space and right. room for high-tech manufacturing mm-hmm. out at the airport, right. okay? So you're right, those are good-paying jobs. You know, the airport has picked up uh, cargo mm-hmm. absolutely uh, carrying because you want to be able to take and once you manufacture that stuff, be able to transport it, you know, effectively right. as quickly as possible. Just create you know the Monfayette expressway, right? The connectors, all this right. stuff ties in, but what we're lacking is strategic vision at the very top, well, you're- understanding how to take and take advantage of You can't just, like you said, get rid of fossil fuels overnight without having
1: an alternative. The dilemma, you know, it's interesting, a a quick end note to that. In the Valley, in the the amount of time I have been in my practice, there's Nova Chemicals, Tuscarora Plastics. Some of the best plastics people are in that Beaver Valley. That's Mm -hmm. why they're there and they're like easily tapped their their knowledge and, and capabilities. If you are a business owner as the same as, a family, they're in the same position. Do we build a plant? The answer is no. We don't know what's coming. We don't know the regulations, the rules, the borrowing costs. In the next 12 months, the amount of commercial loans, they're going to reset at a much higher rate and an ugly reset. It just If you're a business person, you don't know what to do.
0: Well, and here's the concerns we have. And listen, I'm an amateur, right? So uh, feel free to correct me. It's good on this road, right? But you've been all right so far. You know, when the, mm-hmm. these folks, when they, when these loans reset, and these folks have to take and you know renew that at a higher interest rate, that's money that can't be invested back into their business.
1: Can't raise rates,
0: creating jobs,
1: payrolls. You can't, you can't hire more people. Inventory right. right
0: can't be used in research
1: and development. And it's interesting because <laughs> I get back to that sticky conversation mm-hmm. where sticky, non-sticky means that people think it's going to be the gas prices up and the gas prices come down, right? Well, not if you sign a rental agreement. You're stuck for five years or three years or, you know, or you have a five-year mortgage that's, you know, you want to, like, write a loan. You're stuck with that for f- That's the sticky part. And so I've been asking everybody, uh, you go to lunch and you get a salad. And you're like, wait, this salad was $11 last week and it's $14 now. And then you go the next week and it's 16 And you're paying 16 for a salad that, you know, is, is a 50% increase mm-hmm. over what it was a month ago. Um I'll talk about Ford trucks in a second. A month ago, those salads they're not going to lower those prices. Right. Why would you lower prices? If you get somebody to cut your hair for 20 dollars instead of 18, I know all the women in the, in this show are like, "Oh yeah, right, 20 bucks for a haircut." <laughs> all right, you get 150 it goes to 180, they're not going to reduce those prices because boy, I'm not going to change it. It worked me it took so long for me to get here. I'm not going to retreat on those. Right. That's the sticky part. Ford F150 base price stock uh, truck 39,000 to 52,000 wow. in 2 months. Wow. In 2 months. Um 32, this is the part that really interesting. I I I send a a a, a newsletter to clients, 32 trillion dollars was lost in equity markets, not exclusively the stock market from July 1st to October 1st. Wow. 32 trillion, that's a T. It's a lot of money. And, you know, Commentary about me in my and my—that's got to be
0: worldwide.
1: Thirty-two right? trillion means yeah. yep. it's gone. Yep. You know, it's gone. Um, and and I look back and thought, what are some of the things that have contributed to this? Um, I I you know I get caught up in the Ukraine commentary, but I really look back at that as one of the things that could have been changed, thought through. In history, quick history lesson: the Russians and I'm not taking Putin's side, this is factual while I see things, were invaded by Napoleon, invaded by Hitler, and the thing that beat them back was winter. Both of those armies were beaten by winter, and they were forced back into Germany and to France, and the Russians have not forgotten that. And that's why they didn't want to give up Germany. It's like, hey, we keep them here. We don't lose our country over this. Mm -hmm. So economically, Reagan moves it around. Before you know it, the Russians are back inside of Russia. And sitting between Eastern Europe and Russia is a country called Ukraine. The equivalent size is the Germans would have to cross from St. Louis to Washington, D.C. Imagine the length of that to attack Russia. Putin saying, hey, I'm cool. You know, everybody's going along. And then Ukraine says, hey, we want to be part of NATO which essentially takes the border of Eastern Europe and moves it right beside Putin. And he's not going to tolerate that. If they said that Russia has moved into Canada and they lined their military up on our northern border, we'd be having conversations about what the heck to do here. Only Putin's a little bit more aggressive than our president. And in doing so, he's like, I'm going to push back on this. And when any country puts that much of a mobilization together of a military, I looked and thought, all right, something's going to become dysfunctional over there. And I bought Swedish wheat as an investment. And never expecting that the amount of Swedish wheat I bought, I didn't realize I bought almost all the wheat and sweeten um, and had to start divesting of it. But it went up dramatically because the plague of food not being mm-hmm. harvested in Ukraine is real. But now we go back to the comment about winter. And what he says to the Germans is, I'm going to shut your gas off. And everybody thought, wow, we didn't think through that far enough. And the idea could have been, we didn't do anything with Ukraine except make sure they get better economically.
0: But let me take a step back here, Sure, okay, absolutely. Okay? The reason why Germany's in the position today is because they took and they got rid of their nuclear, you absolutely. know, and coal deciding that they were going to go and they could rely on Russian gas, right? And, right? and and when we talk about some of these other problems here, you know, uh, while Ukraine is an issue, okay, and it's certainly contributed to what we're seeing in the markets out there today, uh, the reality is that we had the power to do things here at home. You know, when Biden took and shut down the Keystone pipeline, when they took and, and he took and, you know, uh, rolled out drilling on federal lands and things like this, Mm -hmm. when he pulled this in, when you tell oil and gas Mm -hmm. companies that we're going to move to electric vehicles, you know, we're getting rid of fossil fuels. Then what you're doing is you're telling them that don't bother going out and investing your money into it. into drilling, because it really, at the end of the day for all the folks listening, I mean, it really is, it's a supply and a demand issue. It's what we're in the middle of. Okay. Right. And it's how do we get or increase supply in the short term? You know, like you said, Ukraine, because it's taking, we're supposedly, you know, uh, having a, a, a moratorium against uh, taking Russian, Russian right. uh, oil. Uh, that's supposed to, that's, Supposed part of the problem here. But, you know, right now we're drilling like almost 3 million barrels of oil a day here, less than we were prior, okay? So there are steps that we could have been taking here locally. And I say locally, I mean here in the United States, which could have prevented a lot of the pain that our people are feeling out today. I mean, this is, you talked about something. We talked about President John F. Kennedy. You didn't mention Mm -hmm. him by name. but you talked about him. You know, at the beginning of the 60s,
1: mm-hmm.
0: laying out a plan for America to put a man on the moon. Correct. Before the end of the decade. Vision. He had a vision. And some of these other guys are spouting off, okay, with, and they're flying blind. Because a vision like a California who is suffering brownouts today, and they have to turn off the mm-hmm. grid to sit there and say, hey, 2035, you know, you're not going to be able to sell Anything but electric vehicles here.
1: It's nonsense. It's
0: a lot more re- that's required than charging stations.
1: That's right. Right. It's nonsense. <clears throat> yes.
0: And what they do here, they're creating much of the problem mm-hmm. because they're telling people that would otherwise be investing their resources into increasing
1: supply, you know, don't bother because that return on investment is not there. Not going to be there. Not there. That's right. And that's, there is, uh, in, uh, I I, I talked about the Ford trucks and the electric vehicles and owning one. Um, If everybody turned an electric vehicle, we'd all be sitting still. We'd all just be sitting. We'd be looking at 10 speeds as an alternative. You know, 10-speed bikes or, you know, it it just – and I keep explaining that that's not the answer. Europe believes that they're going to have airplane water airplanes. I've been reading Aviation Week for two years, watching that progress. Not at all. You know they gonna, you know we're going to pump water in and we're going to fly airplanes and and it just it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah. I just I can't get my head wrapped around it. And, and I and, and I look at it as like if you want to do this transition was you know they didn't give everybody a car. In the United States, when cars were developed, and you can look at old pictures of Wall Street where horses and cars were intermingling, mm-hmm. and it was a transition over a span of time. It wasn't right. like all of a sudden You know, inflation is up because of this dysfunction in, in fuel. You know, people who are who have liquid natural gas in the United States are saying, you know, the best prices are in Europe. We should take it out of here and give it to the people in Europe. Mm-hmm. And what does that do? It reduces our supply in the United States. And our heating bills are already going to be significantly higher, shaking many people when it starts mm-hmm. to get cold. And we're, we're in an inflation. Inflation, inflation, inflation is the dilemma right now. And the correction of it is, uh, is going to be painful.
0: Well, hold that thought, David, because okay. we're going to pick that up right after the break. Here, this is uh, The Elephant in the Room on WJAS, 1320 AM. We'll be right back. With campaign season in full swing, hardworking committees around the country are fighting for every vote. Get Elected helps committees prioritize their activities, determine which voters need their attention and what they need to hear to vote Republican. Visit getelected.org to learn more. Welcome back to The Elephant in the Room. I'm your host, Sam Demarco here on WJAS, 1320 AM. I'm here with our guest, David Martin, today. We were just talking in the last segment. David
1: E. Martin, get it right.
0: (laughs) Hey, David E. Martin. You know what? This is funny. I I will tell you just a little side story. Um, One of my roles, in addition to being this radio host, chairman of the Republican Committee, councilman at large in Allegheny County, I also sit on the board of elections. (laughs) And people are always telling me, our voter rolls are terrible. And there are a lot of problems with the voter rolls. But folks will say, well, why can't you get it right? Well, this is a perfect example. My name's Sam DeMarco. <laughs> I grew up in uh, West Mount Washington in Beachview. But in you, when I was growing up, there was another Sam DeMarco, five or six years older than me. His father's name was Sam DeMarco. My father's <laughs> name was Sam DeMarco. He had a brother named John DeMarco. I had a brother named John DeMarco. They were in the same grade at St. Catharines Elementary School. The only difference was My brother spelled his name J-O-H-N. His brother spelled his name J-O-N. I use that as an example, as David was just saying, please, I'm David E. Martin, okay? (laughs) Uh, You know, it's like Jim Smith. So what happens is when you do get notice at the division of elections of a death or something like that, unless the information matches exactly, we're not permitted to remove them from the rolls. interesting. Because it's not necessarily, we want to make sure that it's the right person, right. you know. So if you don't have a Social Security <laughs> or some other confirming, identifying information, you know, we we can't do it. So anyway, enough about my little story there. But We're here with David E. Martin. And before the break, what we were talking about, we're just touching on inflation. So David, you want to pick that up?
1: The uh, the impact of inflation has not be seen has not been seen by most Americans. It was interesting. Uh, Bloomberg, uh, sorry about uh, you know, bringing Bloomberg up, but they had a comment that said, if you want to understand inflation, hire a certified financial planner who's over the age of sixty. And everybody was teasing me about that because we studied it in the seventies. It was horrifically handled by both. Presidents Mm -hmm. Ford and Carter, who tried to talk it down. You can't talk inflation down. It takes ugly action pain. It takes pain. It takes pain. And then maybe after that, more pain. And infrequently, it's the lower economic strata that endures it the longest and the most forceful. And unfortunately, you have to raise rates. You have to jam rates up, slow everything down. And then everybody sort of resets and starts back up again. But the problem is there is in In my studies in my education, I was always told if you have an unemployment rate below four percent, something's wrong because it should always be four or higher, and below four percent is dysfunctional, and that's what's thrown a lot of people because it's so low and i I think that there hasn't been anybody talked about this particular subject, which is a change in demographics um I went to high school at Keystone Oaks. I actually went to St. Pies. We used to beat St. Catharines up all the time. <laughs> um, went to Keystone Oaks, and 1956 birth year, 1957 birth year, 58, were the three largest classes. At Keystone Oaks, it was 650 kids in my graduating class. There's now 1,700 kids in the whole school system. Right. Well, there's not enough young people for the seniors to really, you know, we're not replace, right, our birth rate okay. is not so, right. So yep. we had 5 million people retired 56, 5,300,000 in 57, and 5 million less than, 57 is a big year. But that's somewhere in the vicinity of 15 million people who retired. We didn't replace them. So when you see 10,000 pilots that aren't there, they retired. And we weren't smart enough to replace them. And so now we're allowing them to be Authorized as pilots on simulators, not actual airplane flights. Right, because we're so, trying to get those hours. Right. Now, where the training, where yeah. the exactly where the trouble comes in is, I go to you know the um, the Joe Schmedley's auto body. And I take a car, and these three young guys are in their 30s and 40s. You do not have the experience of Louis, who just retired at 65. Mm-hmm. And they're going, how do we handle this? Well, before they could walk over and see Louis or go over and see, you know, who understood that this, you know, kind of work is done in this particular. Sh- and those people that have all this experience are no longer there. That's a big education system in the United States is the senior people helping the younger people, and they're gone. And they've walked away, and you know, they're not coming back. Now, they might have some of them come back because they got punched in the face by inflation's impact on their 401K. Yeah. They might say, well, I'm going to have to retreat to a part-time job, do something else. But the best people in certain fields, you know, the average age of a certified financial planner is 61. Nobody will buy practices because they don't want to work so hard. At least I perceive it that way. Mm -hmm. I don't want to insult people, but that seems to be the case. But the age of the United States farmer is a terrifying age, 69.5. Well, it's not just that. Trade workers.
0: Absolutely. Average age, I think, was like 55. Right. And the Allegheny Conference just did a study just a couple years ago. I think it might have been 2018. Mm -hmm. And they said that by 2025, here in our area, our region, we were going to be short 80,000 workers. That's just our region. Exactly. So, but... You're talking about a couple things. We're getting hit from both ends, okay? Correct. On the lower end, you have, uh, or I'm going to say lower end, but what you have is you have people retiring and taking this institutional knowledge with them, Mm -hmm. okay? And that can't be replaced. You can have documents and things like that. Mm -hmm. People are digitizing many of their Mm -hmm. hard copy files and things like that. That's great. But that's not knowledge per se. The ability to be able to look at something and automatically be prompted to a second or third level question. People talk about AI. You know, AI can help with things that are repetitive. Mm-hmm. You have some machine learning. But I don't know that it's ever going to be able to get to the point where it can become like sentient and be like like human If you, If right? you look at
1: my business now, if you look at my business, anybody can do the mathematics on the investment. But looking at a man who just lost his wife of 40 years, Or a child that just has passed away and the parents are stunned by it. Mm -hmm. Artificial intelligence doesn't, they have no empathy for those people. And I have been consulted by companies who said, how do we get the empathy part? And the empathy part, the understanding of like, you know, we're in scary times. And people pay me so that they aren't so scared. And when they hear, boy, he is uncomfortable with it, so it must be really uncomfortable, because they've seen this right. stuff. These movies have been seen in numerous kinds, con- but not this particular confluence of these events. Right. This is weird stuff. What's weird about it is it's controllable, I believe, but nobody wants to step up and say, hey, we sort of messed up this oil thing. We need to start you know, right. allowing more to be put out in the marketplace. <laughs> that would be meteoric for the United States economy.
0: Well, when we, you know, I was just talking here, we talked about it on the lower end. <clears throat> we talked about older workers leaving, mm-hmm. retiring and things like that. But on the other end, they're getting slammed. See, on the lower end, the young kids, okay, at least in this I know it's not a um it's not something that they would enjoy, but they have their lives in front of them. So they have the opportunity to make adjustments to try to do things. What about these people that are retiring here? You know, and the nest egg, the little bit that they have put away, is now suddenly being made worthless.
1: Somewhat worthless by somewhat, this worth- incredible worthless.
0: poor policy right. being pushed by some of our
1: well, our, our leaders. I have explained this, and I've been trying to say to anybody who listens to me from either side, I have conversations with Democrats. You know that, Sam. Mm-hmm. I have conversations with anybody who wants to become better financially, and the. My, I keep saying to people, if you look at a 25-year-old right now, and too many people don't, they started their life in 1997, and their first thing that they can probably remember is all the adults in their lives staring at a television with buildings that are burning. And everybody's in shock by 9-11. We go from 9-11 to the Afghan war. We go from the Afghan war to the Iraq war. We go to the point where the easiest way to solve this is to lower interest rates, which was not the answer. So mortgage rates were in the twos for 30-year loans, fixed. And 2007, 2008, money was lent to everybody who had a heartbeat. And then they realized they couldn't pay it back. And -hmm. then these kids were confronted, and many of them were confronted, with parents who were losing their jobs, losing their homes, losing their marriage, their parents' marriage, or a combination of those. So they're like, whoa. And they come out of the other side of that. We have economic, murky economic times. And they're just getting into their teens. They're like, what is this all about? We then get to 2016 with the chaos of the election between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. We get into, you know, the 2018 and, you know, the issue of Black Lives Matter and all the different components that our, our country is confronted with. And then we have the pandemic. And then we have this. And so when we look at it, we think, why aren't they, like, excited or happy about this? Because they don't see what this can be. And part of that comes from the perpetuity of having the same people who were there in 2000 are still running the place in 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I stand with those, those things have to change. Um, I just, you know, I, I just... I appreciate the 80-year-olds running the country only because they make me at 65 still young, okay? But the idea here is I would like them to get out of the way. You know, um, I I watch uh, McConnell get carried into the Capitol on the day of the, the episode on January 6th at the Capitol. He's got to get out of the way. I see Nancy Pelosi fly into China because she wants to have possibly her farewell tour. Infuriates the Chinese, who then take forty-two billion dollars worth of airplane orders to France. That's a big ass problem. Forty-two billion dollars is saying, "Hey, you know, you can fight us and, and mock us, but we're taking our money because money is the thing that fights wars now. Money is the weapon, and we have to recognize that." And so, I'm a fan of getting that out of the way. I, I, um, I've commented that I don't want. Fetterman to lose because of his health. I want Fetterman to not win because of his standing in what he believes in his poor policies. It's, and the it's, idea. Yeah. And, and so I look at this and I think: Are any of these people satisfactory to people in the country, in the state? The answer is: Everybody is is, is discouraging to a certain extent. But um, there's going to be have to be a con. It's it's going to have to be a coming together on both sides. When I first really met you, Sam, I talked about the Democratic Party and the Republican Party each being split into into components of not knowing which direction they need to go. And we have the, the extreme socialist left. And if you don't think Fetterman's important to the socialist left, think again. He's a smart man. He has done many things, and he is very respected, but he's confusing to the moderate Democrats who aren't sure what to do with it. And on the Republican side, it's pretty much the same circumstance where it's, it's somebody who's going to take the voter in the middle and make them comfortable economically, politically, I don't know what the other term, maybe you know, integrity-wise. That's going to be the person who is going to not win elections, but lead the country. That's the difference. It's the leadership here.
0: Well, here's one of the things. I, I, I got hey, By involved... the way,
1: thank you for letting me say that.
0: Oh, sure no. enough. Okay. I got involved in politics, uh, re- Republican politics here in Allegheny County because I, I was watching what's happening in Allegheny County for all intents and purposes, you know, and local government. Mm-hmm. is a one-party town, okay? And the only way that's going to change is by building a party and by demonstrating to the voters that Republicans can govern. Uh, previous administration that had been in place, Republicans, <clears throat> they had voted against drilling, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seemed like everything was about fighting, okay? Um, so when the opportunity came, I decided to run. And so all of these roles that I take on are all with the intent of doing two things, making our community a better place and trying to build this party, not because ours are good, D's are bad, okay? Mm -hmm. It's because I believe that the Republican Party has the best ideas. Okay. You know, because we're conservative, we believe in tradition, you know, we also believe in best practices. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can look, what President Trump did, you know, Mm -hmm. by cutting taxes and things of that nature, and the economic prosperity that it promoted or that prompted, you know, hey, we saw that in Bush. When he cut the taxes back in his first term, you know, by 2005, they had increased dramatically right. the revenue in, Right. okay, by allowing mm-hmm. people to keep more of their money. Right, you know, it's spending we need to keep under control. Right, Kennedy Absolutely. the tax cuts,
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right, created prosperity, college,
1: right, exactly. You go back, created you prosperity. Not okay? many people know. <clears throat> you know, right. so
0: I mean, so, but but so instead of going on and trying to reinvent the wheel, we know what works. But trying to get the five hundred and thirty-five members D. C. in D.C. on I the same page that, to right. enact these, you are you're dead, you're dead on with this whole thing with the uh, the people in Washington. I believe in term limits. You know, our founders, you know, they believed in a citizen legislature. Okay, mm-hmm. where farmers and right. you know people would go, regular citizens would go to Washington, do their work, and come home. Right, and when you have You know, uh, an Nancy Pelosi, a Steny Hoyer. uh, I mean, that Mm -hmm. whole crew, they're all ready. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, These folks are more experienced or more learned in how Washington works Uh, than how the country uh, works. Absolutely. Okay? Uh, And that's what's missing. You know, real-world experience to understand the pain that we're seeing. It's not just something on the evening news or that your staff tells you about. Right. They got phone calls. But you're living it, and then you're Mm -hmm. able to try to – in, come and do something to fix it
1: in my practice i've helped many people through really ugly times i always think of what my purpose is not an investment necessarily uh people know me know that i show up and things are bad um i have been through children's passings loss of spouses murders, suicides um i and that's when really good people step mm-hmm. up and And the action that's needed now for people to step up and say, it's weird to say this, but it's okay to not like your government and still love your country, Mm. you know? And so the idea is, you know, we need change. In 2016, I saw Fetterman speak before Hillary Clinton at the University of Pittsburgh. And I wrote notes at the time where I thought if he ran the way I thought he was going to run, he would be initially lieutenant governor. Then senator, and then president, and it can be that direction if it isn't you know considered something that it's important enough to change currently. But he is uh, he has that group of people that I spoke about, born in 1997, who think his way might be better than the way we all are accustomed to, and that's I think is the discussion that's on the table in Pennsylvania as the focus of this country. Uh, Going for it in November, I think it's a you know they, it's the biggest election in our history. It's a very serious election. Well, it's also right
0: dramatic now. indictment of our public school system. No okay, question. there's no question <clears> about <throat> that, that, right? that, 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 Because I can't even believe this thing is is this close, you know. But you're you're I do agree with you on one of your points. Um, oftentimes, politicians will go out and speak and say, "Hey, folks, you know it's important that you come out to vote. This is the most important
1: election of our lifetimes," mm-hmm. but. This time, I really feel that way. I do. I And the reason yeah. <laughs> I, I have asked and spoken to clients, you know, my clients are Democrat and Republicans, and the majority of them are aware that I was going to be on this, this show. And they know me, and they have influenced me in gay marriages, and, you know, and I don't agree with the stand that, you know, a lot of people in the Republican Party stand for. I believe that those should not be questioned going forward. I don't know how to unmarry people anyway. Uh, but I look at it as a decent thing to do. I look at, you know, I look at abortion. Abortion is a decision that we should make it so it is not the best decision. We wanna make a society where there is an influence of, you know, of religion or, or faith-based or integrity. And I look at, we have an obligation to be better parents, have better schools, have better churches. And if you look in Western Pennsylvania, the, you, know, you and I went to Roman Catholic churches and mm-hmm. we're embarrassed by the, by the scandal. And uh, we want not to stand by it. We want to have those influences and do better with uh, having our, our children look to us for good decisions and respect us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the part here is we owe them that. And if we get that, that's, I think, is what's going to help drive this country into it. I don't want to say make America great again. It's not so, so cliche to me now, but to do better. I think it's all we want to do is do better than what we're doing. Well, I think we're in a mess. If we're not aware, we're in a mess.
0: David, you and I are the same generation here. And both of us have experienced life in better than our parents had it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yet when folks pull people today, they find that these people aren't as confident right. that their children are going to be that will be in that same position. And, and that's, It's distressing. That's tragic. Right. It's tragic that they feel that way, and that shows a failure of so many of our leaders. Now, you talked about John Fetterman. I won't beat up on him too much here because I do it all on Twitter much (laughs) of the day, okay? But the point is, here's a guy that you're talking about folks on the left of a particular segment find him appealing, but yet his. No significant accomplishments in his entire life. At all, right. Right? Lived off his parents until his mid to late 40s. Uh, AP came out with some stuff here just the other day talking about they reviewed his schedules. Okay? And not only did he not show up for like 53% mm-hmm. of the meetings he had when he was mayor in Braddock, he didn't show up for over a third of his duties in the state senate here right. in Harrisburg. And <clears throat> they identified this year, I think 70-some days, with nothing on the schedule, and when there were things on the schedule, they were four to five hours, so light days. Here's a guy pulling down $179,000 a year, taxpayer money, okay? On the other hand, you have Dr. Oz, and and listen, I wasn't a supporter of his in the primary, Mm -hmm. but you have a guy who's earned every dollar that he's made. You have a guy that was a world-renowned cardiothoracic surgeon, and then became a world-known personality Mm -hmm you know, with a show, right, dispensing advice and things like that in regards to medical matters and other things, it was seen in 190 countries. And it's, to me, it just boggles my mind that this thing is even a contest, Mm -hmm. let alone that polls are coming back and showing, you know, Fetterman, you know, a couple of points up. Right. You know, so um, we do, I mean, we We live in a great time. We're blessed to have been born and live in the greatest country to ever grace the face of this earth, right? And the sad part, the tragic part of this, is we're dealing with problems that are all fixable. They're all solvable. All solvable with the right leadership, Mm -hmm. right? right? Yep. You know, (laughs) the Greens, right? Right. These folks, they want to reduce carbon emissions because they believe in climate change and this disaster. Mm -hmm. I don't share... That, Their belief, right. I think that, you know, the debate is still open on the uh, effect that men have on that. But right. and that being said, we have technology today. We have nuclear technology. Mm-hmm. Nuclear techn- technology today is very, very safe, okay? Right. But because of all the regulatory hurdles and things we put in place, mm-hmm. it takes decades and billions of dollars to, to build a position. new plant, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the folks that are NIMBY. Mm -hmm. Not in my backyard. Stop it all the time. So try to find it, right? So all these things we're talking about, Mm -hmm. we have fixes to them. In uh, uh, Joe Biden's last bill, the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Okay, which is (laughs) did did anything but the smartest people in Washington or in the Democrat Party name that bill division. Okay because right. they always name it something that does That's, 180 right. degrees the opposite. Right. But where I'm going with that, they put like $331 billion in there right. for these climate giveaways, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we would have spent $331 billion on infrastructure across our country? Mm-hmm. Roads, of, bridges, way behind locks right. and dams, right, exactly. airports, right. broadband, mm-hmm. right? And what if we would take some of that money and we would have taken spending on a taking in uh, while we're suffering from inflation, Giving some of our members of our armed forces, you know, raises so their families don't have to go on food stamps. Right. To do this, right? I mean, you know, these are the things. It
1: just there is. Um, it's fixable, but we need leadership. On on during the uh, the ascendancy of Mister Pickett, the quarterback of the Steeler game on Sunday, um, they. Um, I was looking. I, I look at the railroads across from the stadium, and he. Um, and I'm watching. What I used to watch oil tankers going by. And now I'm seeing coal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're taking it right to the West Coast and in, right, to, right China. to China. Yep. Directly to China. Yep. So Manchin's getting his oil dug out of his state so it looks like he can keep his people in line. And the coal's going directly there where it's magically not environmentally harmful. And so those are the things I look at and say, wait a minute. This doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't. These right. are the same people that mm-hmm. want you to get an electric car.
0: Right. Okay. Because good <laughs> for the environment. Yeah. But it's going to take and be charged. Right. With electricity, electricity generated by coal or natural gas. Right. Exactly. Now, David, this has been a fascinating conversation. If someone wanted to get in touch with you.
1: Yeah. Or talk to you. How do they do that? I just, you know, I'm, I'm David E. Martin on Facebook. But where I am, I wanted to come here and deposit, contribute, um, I, I appreciate the kindness, the ability for me to talk openly here. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that more than anything. And, uh, you know, you can find me on Facebook, at David E. Martin. But I also, uh, I, I didn't come here to ask for people to work with me. I came here to try to help, you know, give some people some guidance. And that, you know, if they sit and think certain ways, and, you know, the Republican Party uh, is something they should at least consider, and, uh, and we are really going to see things that are just, um, what's the word, uh, terrifyingly fascinating.
0: Well, I, appre- I, for one, and I know John and Daryl. Thank you. I appreciate you coming in today and Thank speaking you. to our listeners so that they could, uh, you know, glean a little bit of insight, mm-hmm. you know, from, uh, from your words here. And I, I will tell you, you know, um, I believe the Republican Party is a Big Ten party. Mm-hmm. As Ronald Reagan says you know, if I have somebody that's with me on 80% of the issues, that's an 80%, that's a friend and an ally, not mm-hmm. a lot of 20% trader, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I'm I welcome. I'm happy to talk to folks that don't agree with us 100% of the things. Mm-hmm. And let's focus on the things that we do agree with. We'll be that much better off. Folks, thank you so much for joining in today. Again, uh, this is the elephant in the room, your host, Sam DeMarco. Thank Until you. next week, see you later. Have a great, great weekend.